I've had an idea. Is it a good idea? I think so. It's like a blockbuster show. I'm going to mm. pitch it to ITV. So the, okay. I- the idea is that you have a group of people, maybe clergy, can't say, mm. they're in extreme kind of bizarre costumes mm. and they're all doing some very damaging and naughty things. Right. And you've got to try and work out who they are. Okay. And I think you're calling it the masked sinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, all week. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. That's right up there with my uh, with my never made TV program, which is how to look good sacred. Yes, exactly. I, yeah, exactly. It's a double bill. <laughs> we should do it. We should. We should. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, should we do the show? <laughs> Why not? Welcome everybody to episode, I'm just checking, 188 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. Unbelievable. My, oh, my name's Nick Page, there's Joe Davis over oh. there. Hello! That's a great idea for a <laughs> The masked sinner, yeah, it's a winner. Do you watch the actual show, The Masked Singer? I watched it for the first time in full last week because my kids are very much into it. And uh, it was quite an experience. It's it, it's it's strange, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's very strange. It's just you know, as part of a diet, as I said to them, a little bit of trash TV does you does you good, as <laughs> you don't spend your whole life there. <laughs> I think I think what I find off-putting about it is the fake reactions. Oh yeah, you know course. the yeah. the the of the when they take the mask off, yeah. and and all the panel are sort of going, "Who is it?" <gasps> I t- yeah, you I know. know all this kind of, and you're thinking, "Well, that's the point of the show, isn't it? Why are you so? <laughs> yeah, why are you so? Were you not expecting this to happen? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. Why are you so surprised by this? It's it's so yeah, it's it's so ridiculous. It puts me off. Anyway, um. Well, yeah, good. And if you've got any, hello, listeners, if you've got any ideas for <laughs> no, welcome, we've started uh, theological versions of television shows. Do let us know. Yes, please do. We should have a little yeah. competition. We'll make the best one. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Anyway, how are you, my yep. friend? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. I went to see Spider Man. There and you are. What did you think of it? I thought it was very good, Nick Page. Mm, there you are. I thought excellent. you'd be pleased at that. I did. Yes, I did genuinely did. enjoy it. I quite like Doctor Strange. Of all the Marvel, there's something mm. about the Doctor Strange character that, and, and, you know, playing with time and all that stuff that I quite like anyway, because I just find it interesting. And uh, yes, no, I, no complaints there. What was the quote that I thought was really interesting? Um, it was MJ saying, if you expect dis- disappointment, you'll never be disappointed. And I thought mm. that little phrase captures a bit of a mood that has developed definitely during the pandemic. Um, yeah, we could we could do a whole episode on that sometime if you like. But there we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah so yeah. that was quite interesting. Um, also, Joy of All Joys, Soul Places Back and Meeting Together, and that just feels so good. It's It must be nice. Oh, it's it was so lovely just to have a group of people sat around a table. Yeah, excellent. Lovely. 
Yeah. Is that the first time it's been the first time back, or did you do it we did last year? We no, we did do it uh, the first couple of weeks of January and then the infection rate went crazy so we thought yes. we should stop. And, yeah. Anyway, so here we are, back again. Testing on Thursdays, like you do. Well I test more often than that, but everyone does, so yeah, strange thing, isn't it? This whole pandemic nonsense. Well, you, really. I mean, you could have kept it going throughout, quite clearly, you know, with a, bo- a bottle of wine and some tinsel and, you know, whatever you wanted. <laughs> yeah, we could have done, I, I don't know why you stopped, really. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, but so that's that's really wonderful. And uh, not much else is going on. I saw a new TV programme called This Is Going To Hurt. Did you catch that, mm-hmm. Ben Rishaw? Um, I, I know it's happening. You know uh, of it. Yeah. Yeah, was, I know of its existence. Intriguing. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's all I've got to say about that. Quite, quite intriguing. It's sort of funny and serious and shocking and all kinds of things, all, all in one. Um, it's very well done, Adam Kay production. So very good. It was his book. Um, and I came across. A, this is just random. I mean, you asked me how I am. This, this. Yes, quote, yes. Uh, so here's a little quote that doesn't belong anywhere except in the "How are you?" section of the show, which is Nadia Boltzweber. And I just like this quote, and I want to reflect on it more. She says, "I've never been shamed into holiness, only loved." Mm. That's good, isn't it? Mm. You don't shame people good. into holiness. You love them. No, yeah, it doesn't I, work. Really. Yeah. No, I like that. That was good. So that's me. Great. Yeah, no, all is well. How are you? Uh, yeah, really good, thank you. Yeah, it's like cold, but you know. Better? Um, you were a bit... Yeah, 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 feeling a bit more up. I mean, the sun is shining outside as oh, we speak. Nice. yeah. And uh, that makes you feel good, uh, being out and about. I went to see uh, Michael McIntyre on Tuesday night. Did you? Yeah, sends his love. Oh, that's um, nice of him. How is he? He's, he's absolutely brilliant, is how he is. Uh, so he does these things. He comes to Oxford... Uh, and shows sort of work in progress. Oh, yeah. So it's in a small theatre. It's in the Oxford Playhouse. Yeah. No, small How place. did you it's get tickets for that? Well, we're just sort of on the mailing list. And... So it's just who you know, yeah. Yeah, well, no, it's because Claire loves the theatre. We go there quite a lot, and I suppose we're on the mailing list, and we got advance notice, and we get in straight away. And um, uh, mm. so you get a chance to see him in action. Close up, mm. you know, not in a, an arena. Yeah, sure. he, that's what he's preparing for. He's preparing for like the O2 or something, you know, but you get a chance to see him close up. Uh, and it's great. It's it's really always fascinating watching us sort of, whatever you think about him, watching a master craftsman mm. at work. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. Um, and yeah. No, uh, he did a lot of COVID stuff. Did he? You know, a lot, yeah. A lot of COVID stuff, a lot of about stuff about the pandemic. But also, interestingly, and I might touch on this later, it's, it's some stuff about phones and deleting apps off his phone and all this kind of stuff. Mm. I'm trying to simplify. Mm. That was interesting. Uh, but there is still a lot of COVID about, isn't there? I think that's the thing. Yes, there so, is. You know, Very much so. Yeah. Uh, Ma- my daughter Martha has it. Oh. So. Yeah, that's a shame. I would send her much love, but I know she wouldn't listen to this kind of nonsense. Well, no, she, she's got more sense than that. Uh, <laughs> she's all right. She's up. She's up in at university. She's fine. Um, oh, and hey, I, I, since your good news last week about Shell, I've been on the lookout. Oh yes, and obviously everybody's aware of some more good news. Really? Which is, uh, you know, BP's profits. Oh, that's huge. Have they had record profits? That's they've had. Lovely. They've had huge profits, oh, and I think. I news. think. The CEO described it basically as a cash machine, oh, which I good. I think we're all thrilled with, aren't we? 
we are delighted at the justice of it all, really. I mean, seriously, I have been looking out because I've noticed no. a lot of my younger colleagues are quite anxious because they've they've like never really known a period of inflation. No, yeah, sure. We've had such low inflation for so long that, mm. you know, whereas there are those of us who are old enough to remember, you know, galloping inflation in the 70s. Yes, and, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So I think there's a lot of anxiety as there well is. as a lot of COVID. Yes, yeah, um, no, I, yeah, we should pick up on that vibe. I mean, mm. that relates back to that Spider-Man quote as well. But I think there yeah, is, amongst yeah. our young people, there's definitely a... A, a kind of pessimism, I feel, um, that perhaps wasn't present a generation ago. You know, they've been used to sort of very low interest rates and all mm. this kind of stuff. So mm. I can understand their anx- anxiety, really. Anyway, that's me. A uh, good week. A good week, good. really. Um, well, splendid. A not- have got any church notices? No, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, people know about Lee Abbey, don't they? Yeah, they know they about they that. Or well, they won't. But we'd love yeah. to see you there. Um, that'd be great. I suppose we ought to say that we are we are available as well. Uh, you know that we are interested in sort of doing the odd thing here and there around the country. Oh yes, indeed. Yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. If you are interested in having uh, Nick and I come do something of a mid faith nature mm. um, with a group of people, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> something of a mid faith nature. What sort of weep openly? Kind of yeah, stuff. exactly. Just sort of, <laughs> oh, yeah. listen. Last week, I think I might have implied that Jesse was a woman, but Jesse was a man. So sorry if I did that. Sorry, Jesse. Oh, it's complicated with those kinds it of names. Can be. It? Do, it's like do Joe. forgive us. I mean, Joe can be a man or a woman. Do forgive us if we get that wrong. Yes. Um, yeah. Do. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's let's get on. Well, we will get we? on because a strange thing happened this week, listeners. Um, normally we think, oh, what should we talk about? But like, there is too much for us to talk about this week. There is There's a lot. too many yeah. things. I want fun things. So I think probably we're going to talk about something quite interesting that you, uh, that sparked your brain this week. Yes. Um, let's have one uh, bit of feedback if we can from Julia uh, this mm. week because uh, this is excellent. And uh, Julia says this. Dear Joe Nick, I just loved Becca's poem last week and the musing on Joe's musings on Joe's continually unfolding epiphany. Uh, both resonated with me and raised similar ideas to the ones I've been reflecting on recently, following my reading of the book that Nick recommended a few weeks ago by Oliver Berkman, Four Thousand Weeks: Time and How We Use It. Remember that? Mm, yeah, 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 it's a very good book. Well, she says, as a result of all three, I have noticed that like Joe, my pattern of behaviour over many years has been to try and cram my life with as many people and constructive activities as possible, always pushing on to the next big thing and seeking to fill all the small gaps in between as efficiently as possible. But by doing so, I've often shunned silence and solitude and so have robbed myself the opportunity to fully face up to the reality of the moment I was in. Not only that, but when sad and painful things have happened in my life or the lives of others, I was always wanting to find or offer a reason or solution. I failed to welcome sorrow or grief into my life, and so I did not grow as I might have done. Yet suddenly, out of the blue this week, I found myself suddenly confronted with some extremely painful news again. And then she she shares a bit of a situation that's happened. She says, my heart is aching and yet I'm powerless to do very much about the situation at all. I certainly cannot fix it. What I am, like Becca, coming to realise, though, is that it's okay to not have any answers and to want to do nothing but sit in the moment and grieve. 
Like PC Anonymous from about 100 episodes ago now, I'm coming to see that there is a lot to be said for the theology of I don't know. I don't have to hide anymore behind the abstract notion of the sovereignty of God in all things or fall back on the classic Christian catch-all of the hope of heaven as a way to avoid dealing with pain. I must clarify that, like Nick, I still do hold on to the prospect of heaven as a real place where somehow we will recognise one another and will appreciate the wonder of that place all the more for the absence of sorrow and tears that we have known here on earth. But here is the thing. Irrespective of how much in our lives here and now God is or isn't directly responsible for or what heaven may or may not be like in the future, I'm learning that the key to living our lives, our kingdom lives, fully here on earth is to embrace the only thing we can truly ever embrace this moment with all its sorrows and joys with all its muck as well as its majesty god is indeed with us and by being present too we can actually experience that presence and give it to others as well the good news so my theme for the year is to pay attention to each moment i am in to not rush through them, but to live in each one, seeking to know God's love with me, and also to discern how best I might serve him in that moment. The question I have, though, is how can I best move from having this as my aspiration to living in a place where this is more of a day-to-day reality in my life? Wondering what your thoughts are, and whether any others in the MFC community have any helpful suggestions. Keep up the good work. And that's from Julia. Well, isn't that brilliant? Really? Yeah, thank you. you. Just, might as well just stop the show there. Really. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not much point going on after that uh, piece of uh, excellence. Mm. Um, thank you, Julian. Appreciate that. Well, let's, uh, there's lots to unpack out of that. Or th- lots of ways that it's resonated with me this mm. week, actually. Mm. Um, maybe start with that last question, though, uh, perhaps to start with, which is, you know, how do we actually, you know, how do you pay attention to the moment and all that kind of stuff? <sighs> yeah, that's good. Um well, one just simple, the, the immediate practical thing that came to my mind was just to limit social media. I think if anything can rob you out of a moment, I, I do think it's, you know, time time spent on Facebook or, or mm. Instagram or whatever, you know, that is for you. Um, and we, and we, you've talked about this really helpfully before. You know, people put the best of their lives up. Of course they do. We all do. Um, mm. So... What that does is, I think, is it reinforces that everyone's having a great time except you, if you're not careful. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, 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 you know, I think another way of saying what we've been saying is you don't have to be happy all the time. You know, this this has been big news for me. I just assumed, you know, the only the only good life is one that is continually happy. Um, But it's okay to be sad. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to just be a bit meh. This is an ordinary day with no real highs in it. And that doesn't mean it's a bad day. Um, So I think, you know, the continuing looking at other people's lives and what a great time they're having. And, you know, know, I feel genuinely happy for people who, you know, are holidaying in the Caribbean and having the best time of their lives. But sometimes it does remind me, do you remember that... (laughs) Harry Enfield character. I'm considerably richer than you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, look at my wife. Look at my, look at this. Look at my car. <laughs> he just spent his whole life pointing out how much richer he was yes. than everyone. Yes. And sometimes 
you know, like I say, I'm genuinely happy for people. I understand they're having a good experience, but sometimes it can seem a bit like, Look at all of everything I'm doing. I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I was so, I was tempted the other night to sort of, you know, take a picture of myself at Michael McIntyre and Instagram it. You know, I thought, yeah. And then I was thinking, well, why why are you doing that? Yeah. Because yeah. nobody is sold out, so nobody else can get in. No, you know, exactly. So and it it gives the impression that that is what my life is like. That's yeah. My well, well done life. for not doing it. I say thank you. Well, I couldn't be bothered in the end. But, you know, <laughs> interestingly, he did quite a lot of a chunk of the show about um giving up social media oh, really? pulling out of app yeah p- deleting apps he did this very funny bit where he's talking about how in the 80s you could go out without your phone and you didn't worry about it yeah uh, but if you yeah. if you'd wanted to replicate the experience of going out with your phone in the 80s you'd have to take a van with you uh, you know he says shall i I'll, I'll tell you what when i'm going out i'll take my van with me and i'll take all my photo albums Everything yes. ever happened, and I, just in case I want to look for through them, you know, <laughs> yeah. and and I'll take I'll take a complete set of encyclopedias so I can look anything up, and uh, and I'll take maps, and I'll take uh, I'll take all my board games, all my board games with me in case I want to play a game. You know, it's kind of like. <laughs> Apologies if you got tickets to go and see Michael McIntyre. You don't it's need to a very now. small bit of it, but yeah. it's very very good. Listen, no, I mean, brilliant. I think that's that's that's. <laughs> great idea um i think the thing that that helps me pay attention is creating little rituals little moments mm. we talked about this the other day about you know i i have a ritual around the first cup of coffee in the oh, morning oh yeah brilliant well i just yes. focus on that moment and taste it and i love it and i and i i give thanks for it and it's become a real yeah. kind of ritual moment for me so i think building those moments of stopping and noticing it is is one of the ways that you can do it. I think that's really helpful. And the coffee one's a great one because probably most days that is going to happen. So yeah. when it, so yeah. when you can make that the habit, that's really good. There's so, loads of stuff that you do every day or routinely that you could really pay attention to, you know, instead of doing on auto, um, and and they become very useful little triggers. I think for yes. for for noticing the world around you. But I I did. It's a great email on so mm. many levels, but. Um, I think one of the one of the things it brings to me is this idea of of you know this uh, getting rid of the idea of the sovereignty of God in all things you talked about I think, mm. at one point you know or mm. or at least how the complications of how that works yeah um, and I was I've been thinking a lot about this week and I'm going to try and talk about it without going all ranty okay. even though I do understand people quite like it yeah I quite I quite like your rants but yeah you try or, or you try ranty. see how you go. I don't want to do that partly because the guy who I was listening to seems a very nice, nice man. You know, I'm obviously not going to name him, but I was listening to a speaker uh, talking the other day, and he was talking. I think he was talking about the need for wisdom and discernment about trying to decide what to do, sure. which is a good thing. Yeah, you that's, know, that's, that's important. Yeah, I've, yeah. As I've thought a lot about these things, I think actually we need to re put wisdom, the pursuit of wisdom, at the centre mm. of a lot of what we do. We've, yeah. We've, we've sort of jettisoned that and in in um preference for like the the desire for revelation do you know what i mean with people in our church we don't really talk about wisdom so much as as seeking a vision from god or god what do you want us to do what do you you know Mm. show us what to do a finger right on the wall yeah you know yeah all, all this kind of stuff okay but the old testament certainly talks a lot about wisdom anyway but he was he he said this thing I like this quote. 
and he he said everything that we do that makes a difference it's not us that does it it's jesus the spirit does it through us right yeah i've heard stuff like that yeah i wrote it down because i was immediately so annoyed by it (laughs) (laughs) i think i can see where this is going now (laughs) because it sounds sort of good doesn't it you know bringing in everything with you it's all about jesus and we know in a cosmic great big sense that's true but actually the implication of this is that whenever we do anything useful helpful good anything Mm. that makes a good difference in the world it's it's god doing it not us yeah and suddenly at that moment we become robots yeah become totally taken over automata (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah, god (laughs) is we're little puppets where god is pulling the strings but if i do bad things oh that's me that's the that's the flesh yeah yeah so you know <laughs> yeah. it's like heads heads you win tails i lose spiritually on this one because it's all it, yes it, it, it's it sort of sounds pious and holy but it is in fact utter <laughs> <laughs> i think you put that extremely eloquently i could yeah, put I it better myself <laughs> <laughs> thank you um i i because it because you know, either way, the two two big problems with it. First, as I just said, it turns us into robots. Yeah. Is that actually our freedom, our choice has got nothing to do with it. It's just suddenly the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And, that. and secondly, you know, we just know that's not the way it works. You just feel right. it in your bones. Yeah. I make a choice to do things. Yes. And I do them. If I do a good thing, or a night, sometimes I do it just naturally. Quite often I do it because I, I think that's what Jesus would want me to do. Yeah, exactly. That's how he's involved. It's not yeah. like he's no. sort of suddenly just overridden my circuit. Operating your arms and legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns human beings in some kind of sort of holy glove puppet, doesn't it? Yeah, like, you know, yeah. You know, yeah, it does. We're just being operated. But, yeah, you know, I so I really, and, and the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, what is this? And it's what it is, is a trace element, I think, or it's, it's a sort of remnant of old theology that is stubbornly staying in there and it's mutating and it's not going away, but it's just changing its form. So it changes into nicer sounding form. Yes, because that's quite a nice sound, right? Nothing good's from me, it's all from the Lord. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah it's, it is. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like it's holy and good. Yeah, but but it's basically it's Calvinistic total depravity. The idea that yeah, we are yeah. just totally depraved human beings. Yeah, and that that's there's nothing else we can do, and that goes in its turn back to Augustine, where arguing quite seriously that nobody can do anything good outside of God. You know, if you're not a believer, you can't yeah. do anything good. So this is like long Calvin or long <laughs> it's Augustine. <laughs> it's not long COVID. <laughs> It's just this remnant it's, bit that won't go it's, away. It's, <laughs> it's Calvin an... Omicron. It's mutated. <laughs> We've got a Delta virus of Calvinism here. You know, in, in that idea that, yeah, I, whatever I do, I, if it's good, it's God doing it. Whereas when Jesus seems to talk about it, he talks about being yoked together. Yeah. So you're side by side. It's not sort of Jesus suddenly taking over. It's actually a movement that of side by side. And, and, 
and so you know I, I i don't know it just got me so slightly sort of wound up um <laughs> as you can tell really because i i think as i've done over the years that we've done this podcast i've grown more and more to understand that you know the christian life is about collaboration with god not being controlled operated mm. by god it's about working with Jesus and learning from Jesus and following Jesus' example and teaching and attending to his presence yeah. in our lives. It's not about just abandoning all responsibility and going, oh, look, you know, you no. just you just take over. Because I've noticed what happens when I do nothing yeah. and let God uh, do everything. Yeah, nothing. Nothing <laughs> happens, really. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I, I love the way our dear friend, and I know we probably overquote um, Mr. Willard on this podcast, but he, he had this idea that God has a kingdom. But he was the first person I ever heard say, you have a kingdom. Yes. Yeah, he yes. said he, he talked about the kingdom of Joe. And in the kingdom, you know, God's kingdom is where what God wants to happen happens. It's, the you know, the range of his will and where mm. it's... And 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 Joe's kingdom is very like that, <laughs> you know. It's where what Joe wants to happen yes, happens. Yes. And you know this this my influence of my kingdom extends not just to my family but to friends and you know people people I buy stuff off in shops. And, you know it touches all, all out. It spreads out. There are ripples. And he said so. When Jesus invites you into discipleship, what he's what he's uh, another way of saying that is that he's inviting you to join your kingdom with God's kingdom. So to bring your two. So uh, so I like this because it's solving that dilemma. The, the idea is that God has given to us a, a great amount of of power and responsibility that goes with power, as we know from Spider-Man. Yes. Um, by the way. Yeah. Um, but and we do have, you know, agency and range to do what we like with it. But if we want to build God's kingdom, then we will bring our kingdom under the reign of God. We will join with God's kingdom so that God's kingdom extends with the same reach as ours. And I love that. That was a simple way of explaining something I'd never really thought about in those terms before. I think that's a really great, yeah, really great metaphor. I think it works really well. And well, and it's an extension of what Jesus talks about. You know, I think, yeah, And as I thought about it, I thought also thought, because he also said things like, you know, that, you know, um, we, we tend to, to, he says we always trusting in our own abilities and mm. you know not sitting and waiting for god to tell us you know what's mm. right to do kind of thing mm. again that sounds right initially yeah until <laughs> you think about it <laughs> i'm all for sitting and waiting to hear from god i think that sounds a very very good thing but most of my life i have to trust in my own judgment yeah and and i do that by reflecting in my good point when my good days i do it by reflecting on what you know what literally that like a cliche what would jesus do that mm. that that thing what what should what's the jesus like thing to do here what would god mm. and sometimes i do it by thinking what's a sensible thing to do here mm. you know what what's the yeah. what's <laughs> the what's the what's the how how do i act with integrity here how do i act yeah. with with uh, wisdom you know you, you reason it through yeah. yeah i don't sit around waiting for god to reveal what it's going to do because he's given me a lot of tools that I could be getting on with, <laughs> you know, and it, it sort of links back to last week when we were talking about how do we bless God? How can it possibly bless God if the good things that we do are all the power of the Holy Spirit, in, you know, moving yeah. our arms? 
that's right. I know. There's no blessing there, is it? He's just going, well, I knew you were going to do that. I, in fact, am operating you by pressing this button. That's, that's how I'm doing it. Exactly right. If I decide to give money, like I gave some money away last week. Now, I'm not saying that's a big thing because I find yeah. giving money away very painful and horrible and I try to avoid doing it. I'm very, you know, yes. uh, not generous. You've never all. done it with me around, that's for sure. So that's no, no. <laughs> But I did notice it was me putting in the numbers and pressing yeah. the buttons and clicking it. It wasn't Jesus doing it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I could have sat there waiting for him to do it and it would have been a lot cheaper for me, I'll tell you. I genuinely can't tell at the moment if we're being really heretical or just stating the blooming obvious. I, I can't quite tell. I'm sure the discerning listeners can, and we'll find well, out. Well, I mean, on a big level, of course it's Jesus, because everything yeah. is Jesus. You know, yeah. the, the, the creation and all that, and everything, the good impulses yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But on, a, on the operational level, no, it has to be us working. Yes. Yeah, there's so. got to be free will involved, hasn't it? And that's a scary thing because I think perhaps some of us don't really want that because that implies we have responsibility, and who wants responsibility? You know, sometimes we don't. That's exactly. So let's right. just put it all on God or the devil, but not us. And, and that's exactly that kind of thing. In other words, to say, well, I, you know, have you prayed about this? Is it the right thing to do? Blah blah blah. You know, mm. do you have the gift of interior woodwork, as we talked about the other day? Yeah. You know, I, I, and Oliver Berkman, who uh, is in Julia's email, talks about this. He and he says it about how it helps enormously to reframe decisions as choices, because he says he says basically in life. You can be absolutely paralysed about whether or not you're going to take the right decision. Is this the right partner mm. for me? Is this mm. the right house to be? Yeah. Is this the right job? As if things are going to go yeah. hideously. But there might be all kinds of good choices, equally good choices in your life. And so actually, you know, and I'm sure that's the same in the Christian life. You know, you can say, does God want me to do this? Does he want me to do that? He might want, you know, I might be bothered either way. No, you might exactly. think, well, you know what? They're both... Just get on with it. God's sitting there going, look, it's a multiverse, mate. You can do what you want. I know. know. Exactly. And, and, you know, you sort of think, you know, our kids are grown up now. There'd be something weird if they were coming to you for every single decision, wouldn't they? You know, I just don't know what to watch on TV tonight. Oh, it's ringing down. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't don't know what to have for dinner. Let's ring down. You know, it'd be something very weird and, and... and something strange about the way we brought them up if they were coming to you for every single... Well, maybe there are some bigger decisions that they really do want to sort of seek a bit of, yes, you know, wisdom. Not that they get any of me, but, you know, they, they, want to, they want to chat through. But the day-to-day operational stuff, exactly, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I genuinely don't think God cares what biscuits you buy. I mean, I just don't think he's that worried about it. <laughs> Unless there are biscuits that are being made up by slave labour. Yes, know, yeah, you sure. know, He might not want that, but, but you know, <laughs> it, it's those, it's about principles. When we talk about guidance, we've got lots of guidance. We've got principles to live by. We've got all this kind of stuff. So, so really, I could sense what this guy was saying was good because he was talking about how to build, how to choose to do the right thing, you know, how to choose mm. about which... which jobs to take on or whatever and he's trying to be more discerning and that's great i think we've all got to do that but actually how do you hear from god in that not by god not by just sitting around and waiting i don't think you hear it partly by talking to other people about it seeking Mm. out wisdom Mm. partly by yeah putting yourself second thinking am i just doing this out of you know um 
a desire to show off. I've certainly taken on like speaking engagements just because I thought, oh, oh, that look makes me look good. Okay. You know, that's a good one. I can tick that off. I can put that on the CV now, you mm. know. And I don't want to do that anymore. No. But that's, that's again, that's my will working in, in yoked with, with sort of Jesus's example of humility. So, you know. So how do we root out Long Calvin? How do we... What's, I've got a great idea. Through, so here's what I did. through this? I, I want to... Here's... <laughs> well, firstly, we challenge it, I think, and we speak yeah. honestly about it, and I'm going to try and do that if I can at points. Well, you've started, so thank I've you. I've certainly started. But I think the way I approached it was that I think we need to identify some of these sort of radioactive elements that are still out there and clear them mm. up a bit, clear mm. them away, and uh, get rid of them, basically. Okay. And... And the way that I found myself thinking seriously in this meeting was I suddenly, I suddenly thought, I, I was thinking about, oh, this sounds like, you know, Calvinistic total depravity, basically, total depravity light. And then I thought, actually, total depravity would be a great name for a cocktail, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would, actually. Yeah. I imagine that would be a particularly strong It'd be huge. You'd better have like everything in. Yeah, it would. Yeah, modern Long Island tea, tequila, <laughs> vodka, whiskey. <laughs> total total depravity. <laughs> total depravity. An olive, an umbrella. It's got everything in it. <laughs> Do you know? What? I quite want one now. And then I thought, actually, the more I thought about, it, more I thought about, it, well, a lot of uh, theological ideas you could would be better off as cocktails. Okay. I mean, who who wouldn't want an original sin? <laughs> I'm writing myself. I'm writing these down. I'm going to make them. <laughs> I think we should we should seriously launch the Mid Faith Crisis theological Cox, cocktail book. Cocktail bar. Could I could I have an original sin? Original sin is going to have vodka in it because that's like the basic spirit, yeah. isn't it? So it's going to have that. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's loads you could do. Joe. I think it's great. Uh, it could have an original sin. Um, what about the Toronto Blessing? That would be a good cocktail, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. I feel like that'd be quite a quirky one. <laughs> we end up laughing a lot. Or... Yeah, end up... <laughs> It'll make you bark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, I feel like dear. the whole thing's descended now. But No, know, but hang on. Nice... Hang on. Yeah. Again, you know how much we love um, participation from our listen- dear listeners. Yeah. So, if you've got an idea for a theological cocktail, please send it in to um, what is vastly becoming the Mid-Faith Crisis Cocktail Bar. Hey, let's have that. I want, I want to know about these things that should be kicked out. You know, could have a limbo, for example. That's an old concept we need to get rid of. Well, purgatory. I'll have a purgatory. <laughs> no, actually, purgatory doesn't sound good as a cocktail, does it? It sounds like doesn't a bit so- boring, really. That's probably a, that's probably a mocktail of purgatory. Oh, yeah, it's, got, exactly. yeah. <laughs> it's got no alcohol in it. Well, that's good. So that's inclusive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's perhaps the idea behind purgatory. Yeah. Could I have oh. a penal substitution, please? <laughs> <laughs> you want the hospital next door, sir? <laughs> Oh, on that note, I think we should move okay. on. Um, well, you know, I, 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 anyway, I don't want to be mean to the guy, but I do think I just believe that that is what we're called to. We're called to collaborate with agreed with God, and that is a. It's not just about handing over, abdicating responsibility. We, like you said, we've got a kingdom. 
And yeah. we can align that kingdom with the kingdom of God if we want. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you. Look, I think we've run out of time. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've but, run out of everything. But what, what a great place to finish in. I had no idea we were going to end up there. So... So thank you for that. And listen, thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you for giving those of you that do. Thank you for a couple mm. of people this week who you know sent encouraging um, uh, gifts in, uh, basically a, a coffee for each of us. So thank you so oh, much thank for you that. Very much. Really appreciate that. Uh, we'd love you to write into us. Um, and frankly, forget all the other stuff. Just give us your cocktail <laughs> ideas. <laughs> Particularly if they are bits of theology that you think we should kick out, that would be great. But um, yes, so uh, the email address is joe at midfaithcrisis.org. So it'd be great to hear from you and thank you. And listen, this week, you know, may you, in cooperation with the divine, you know, use your, your power for good in the week mm. that lies ahead. Amen. Amen. See you next time. <laughs>